Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Mark. Hey guys, you've tuned into the P40 Ministries podcast with your host, Jen. Hope you guys have had a fantastic week so far. It's been quite snowy where I live, which I kind of enjoy now. (laughs) Now that I work from a home primarily, it's kind of nice just being able to watch the snow drop rather than uh, going out and driving in it as often as I used to back when I um, when I had to commute to work was not my favorite thing. But let me know what the weather is where you guys are. I'd love to get to know you guys. You know, if you have any questions or prayer requests or concerns or even ideas about the podcast or something you'd like to see happen with P40 Ministries, then please contact me www.p40ministries.com slash contact and you can get a hold of me there and uh, hopefully I will respond to you in a timely manner. But yeah, you know, go to that contact page and let me know what the weather is where you are and where you guys live. I'd love to know, you know, I've had uh, more people listening in New Jersey than I've had in almost any other state except for my home state, fun fact. And I have quite a lot of people in England listening in as well. So thank you everybody in England and also Ireland now. And I, so I appreciate all you guys that are tuning in to listen to the uh, P40 Ministries podcast. And uh, also Texas is up there. But New Jersey has officially passed up Texas as the second most listened state to the P40 Ministries podcast. <laughs> so thank you, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> That's my uh, best interpretation of the New Jersey accent. Anyway, guys, I'm going off on a huge rabbit trail here, and we're here to talk about the Bible. So let's go ahead and talk about Mark chapter 14, verses 12 through 21 today. I'll be reading out the WEB version as I always do. Please feel free to read out of whatever version you usually read out of and grab that cup of coffee. Let's go ahead and read. On the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover, his disciples asked him, Where do you want us to go to prepare that we may eat the Passover? He sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and there a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him. And wherever he enters in, tell the master of that house. The teacher says, Where is the guest room that I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will himself show you a large upper room furnished and ready. Get ready for us there. His disciples went out and came into the city and found things as he had said them to be, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he came with the twelve. As they sat and were eating, Jesus said, Most certainly I tell you, one of you will betray me, he who eats with me. They began to be sorrowful and asked him one by one, Surely not I? And another said, Surely not I? He answered them, It is one of the twelve, he who dips with me into the dish. For the Son of Man goes, even as it is written about him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had not been born. So there's a slight, well, people consider it to be an inconsistency. But as I was 
reading through it, I don't actually think it's an inconsistency. If you look here in Mark chapter 14, verse 12, it says specifically in Mark that on the first day of unleavened bread, when they had sacrificed the Passover, his disciples asked him. So Mark is implying that this is the very first day of Passover. This would have been Thursday. It would have been the day before Jesus died. And this would have been the first day of Passover. This would be the day that the Passover lamb was sacrificed. But in John, John says that the day of preparation was actually the day after, the day Jesus was crucified. And that implies that Passover started on Friday and Jesus himself was the Passover lamb and the Passover lamb had not been sacrificed. So people like to point this out and be like, this is an inconsistency. You know, uh, John is making it seem like Jesus himself was the Passover lamb, which yes, he was. I mean, that's very obvious whether or not Passover started on Thursday or Friday. Jesus himself was, in fact, the Passover sacrifice. He was the Passover lamb. And the Passover lamb itself, it didn't matter what day that was sacrificed on. Jesus himself was sacrificed in our place on Passover. And it was very symbolic one way or the other. But I was reading a little bit more in depth about what John had to say about when Passover was. And if Passover was, in fact as Mark says, starting on a Thursday rather than a Friday, then it makes sense that John also says the same thing because Mark is very clear that the Passover lamb had been sacrificed on that Thursday, not on the Friday. So I think where people are getting all messed up is when John says it's the day of preparation during the Passover. But the thing is, Fridays were considered the day of preparation Every single week, because Friday was the day before Saturday, and Saturday was the Sabbath. So the day of preparation was every single week on Fridays, because people were preparing in their own homes to take the Sabbath day off, which means they'd cook more food, they'd get all their chores done, they'd give their animal grain and whatever else needed to be done in order to take the entire Sabbath day off. So Fridays were the day of preparation. And so to me, if you look at it in those terms, it's not an inconsistency at all. It makes complete and total sense that the day of preparation during the Passover was not the day where people prepared for the Passover itself, but it was the day that people prepared for the, um, for the Sabbath day. And it just happened to be that Friday during the Passover. But then there's one other thing that John mentions that people kind of get uh, sort of messed up about. And that is actually, let's see here, it's John 18 verse 28. And this is when the Pharisees are leading Jesus away uh, in the early morning. And John 18:28 says, and then they led Jesus from Caiaphas to Praetorium, and it was early morning, but they themselves did not go into the Praetorium lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. So once again, people are like, oh, the Passover ended up being on that Friday. That was the Passover day where they ate the big meal because it says here that the Pharisees didn't want to go into the Praetorium and be defiled in a sense, so that they couldn't eat the Passover dinner that day. Well, Passover is a week long. 
(laughs) There were many dinners during the Passover celebration. And in fact, I believe still to this day, Passover is considered just one long holiday. And so, yeah, the, the Pharisees wouldn't have wanted to go into the praetorium for whatever reason, because in some way it was going to defile them from eating the Passover meals and sacrificing and doing what else ever else they had to do because you know that in from the Old Testament that if somebody gets uh, defiled if they get if they touch a dead animal or I don't know exactly what it was the Pharisees did make it way more ridiculous than it needed to be in the Old Testament if you touched a dead animal let's just say you would be considered to be defiled for the day or in other words unclean and then you'd have to go basically take a bath and make yourself clean (laughs) (laughs) That was basically what uh, God commanded people to do if they touched a dead animal in some way. They'd be unclean and then they'd have to go take a bath and then be considered unclean for the rest of the day and take measures so that they wouldn't get sick or make other people sick with their bloodied hands or whatever else. So the Pharisees, when they, uh, if for some reason, when they enter the praetorium, they would be considered unclean. And I don't know if that was something they made up or actually if something was happening in the praetorium that really would make them unclean according to God's law. I don't know exactly. But anyway, the praetorium, for some reason, the Pharisees believed it would make them unclean. Thus, they wouldn't be able to perform their week of rituals and week of customs that they would do for the Passover because for that entire day, they would be unable to to uh, eat the Passover lamb. So to me, this is not really an inconsistency. There's a great explanation for both things. (laughs) Passover was a week long and uh, it didn't have to just be that particular night. There was many meals and a lot of preparation that went into Passover. And then on top of that day of preparation happened every week and it happened on Fridays to prepare for the Sabbath day. Now, other people have so many different opinions about this. They could say that, you know, Jesus ate the Passover a day early and then explain, uh, you know, why Mark said it this way and not that way. But to me, this makes the most sense that Jesus did in fact eat the big Passover dinner, the original one, with his disciples and then got crucified the next morning. That makes the most sense to me because uh, it just seems pretty consistent with the rest of scripture. Now, I'd love to know what your guys' opinions are on that, though. If you, once again, want to contact me and let me know, I'd love to hear your guys' opinions about that. But anyway, let's go ahead and move forward with Mark chapter 14. So it says here in verse 13 that um, Jesus sends out two of his disciples because it was, it says it was Passover day when they, and it, when the Passover lamb was being sacrificed. And his disciples were asking him where he wanted to eat the Passover dinner. So Jesus is like, okay, I'm going to send two of you guys out and you're going to encounter a man carrying a pitcher of water. Now, this would not have been a very common thing to see, as odd as this might sound. You might think, oh, well, how would the disciples know which man they're they're encountering? Well, women typically went to go get the water back in those days. And they were typically the ones that would carry the pitchers of water. And it was more uncommon to see a man carrying a pitcher of water than it was a woman. So Jesus was giving his disciples something that was somewhat unique 
that the disciples could pick out as, oh, there's a guy over there carrying a pitcher of water. That's not common to see. So then Jesus says in verse 14, or I'm sorry, in verse 13, to follow this guy that they see with the pitcher of water, follow him and see what house he enters into. So when he goes into that house, ask the owner of the house, where is the guest room? So this is almost like a little secret cave that Jesus had uh, planned out for his disciples. I don't know if he uh, went to the the owner beforehand and asked him to use the guest room or, you know, if this owner knew Jesus in some way or even if this was just a completely divine thing where this owner just wanted to do this for Jesus and knew who this teacher was. I'm not exactly sure, but it was divine in a certain way because Jesus knew that this man one of these servants from that house was going to be carrying that pitcher of water. He could see that servant. He could see exactly what that servant was going to do. And that's something where, uh, you know, that servant probably had no clue that Jesus was watching him, had no clue that anybody was going to encounter him that day. You know, this servant was probably just going about his business and doing what he was commanded to do. And yet Jesus was watching him with these extremely menial tasks. And I find that really fascinating because God is literally watching over every single one of us, even during the most menial things that we could possibly be doing, even during our daily chores, even the lowly of us. I mean, this man was probably a servant carrying this pitcher of water. Probably had no clue, you know, that God was watching over him. And I just find that really, really fascinating that there's tiny little instances of this in the Bible all over the place where God is watching and keeping watch over some of the lowliest people doing some of the most menial tasks that they could possibly be doing. I mean, God knows all. And even with, um, you know, when God was up on the mountain with Moses, because we're going through uh well, now we're going through Leviticus, but we were going through Exodus only a few weeks ago. God was up there with Moses, encountering Moses, and yet God also knew what the people were doing at the base of the mountain and how they were sinning and stuff. God can see everything. He sees the tiniest little things that we do. And this right here in Mark is just more proof of that, that God is always watching out for us and watching over us. So it says here that... Uh, Basically, the disciples do it. They go and they find this guy carrying the pitcher. They go and enter into the house that this guy enters into. They ask the owner where the guest room is. And it was set up exactly the way Jesus said it would. It was going to be completely furnished. The room was completely furnished. It was ready to be used for Jesus to do the last uh, meal with his disciples that he was ever going to do. And it was going to be the Passover meal, the most important meal of the year. You know, the Passover celebration was the most important celebration of the entire year. So then it says here that the disciples uh, do all the stuff. They prepare the Passover uh, meal. And then it says that in the evening, Jesus arrived with the rest of his disciples. And as they were at the table eating, Jesus says to them just randomly, he's like, I tell you the truth. One of you eating here with me is going to betray me. So Jesus just blurts it out. He says, one of you guys is going to betray me. And they're all super distressed. They're like, what do you mean, Jesus? And I find that funny because Judas was definitely there. 
And he also asked, am I the one that's going to betray you? And Jesus, I think at one point, not in this gospel, but in one of the other gospels, when Judas asks him, Jesus is like, yep, you're the one. And like nobody understood or like nobody was paying attention or something. I don't even know what happened there, but nobody recognized that Judas was going to betray Jesus. Like they truly did not understand what the heck was happening here. But so Jesus is like, yep, one of you guys is going to betray me. And they all go around the room and they're asking, am I the one that's going to betray you? And so he replies here, it is one of the 12 of you who has been eating from this bowl with me. So, you know, with the spread of food that they had, there was definitely different dipping sauces and um, something like that. So I wonder if Judas was sitting nearby Jesus because they were eating out of the same bowl together. But um, so it says here, Jesus says that, the person who's going to betray me is the one eating from this bowl with me. And then he says in t verse 21 to conclude, it says, For the Son of Man must die, as the scriptures declared long ago. But how terrible it will be for the one who betrays him. It would be far better for that man if he had never been born. I feel like this is almost like a warning call to Judas in a way. Because if this person chooses to go ahead and betray Jesus... He is going to have an eternity of misery. And it would have just been better if he had never existed. So sort of a sad ending here, but we're going to continue on with uh, Mark in the next couple days or so. So join me next week and we'll talk more about Mark and this chapter of the Bible. Because Mark has really long chapters, I've realized. that it, He doesn't have a ton of content in the entire book. There's only 15 chapters, but man, they are dense. They are filled with all sorts of stuff because don't forget, Mark really liked making Jesus to be the uh, the uh, servant of all. So he put tons of content into each of his chapters. But anyway, guys, you know, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And I hope you guys appreciated it. And if you do, rate it from wherever you're listening from and write a review. And as I say at the end of every single podcast episode, happy listening and God bless. <music>